Hey, Carolyn. Hey, everyone. Hopefully, uh, you can all hear me. I'll get started here in a couple of seconds. It's going to be me, myself, and I. Let's see if Ted wants to join us. Oh, yep, he does. Sweet. Just want to wait for Ted here. Right. Um, while we're waiting for Ted, he's gonna he's coming. Um, we have uh, got thirteen stories. Uh, sounds like a lot, but really, uh, five of them are a, uh, a tools are tools created by a, a guy named Pablo Rosales. So we're gonna show the show off some of those tools that Pablo made and uh, let you find out where to find the rest of them. Uh, he also has a Chrome extension, so I want to highlight that. Uh, and then there's a couple things, you know, just some general tip stuff, and then we'll round it out with the stories, which is really there's three that are that are pretty good, and two that are that are pretty awesome that at least get the old brain juices flowing. So, well, we'll close out with those. Uh, and I appreciate. I know some of you are active, and you're always watching at the 11 a.m. hour. And we're doing it at two. So um, is this hour better for you guys? To me, I had to switch it because of uh, another commitment with the family. But uh, if this hour is better for viewers, then I'm certainly open to moving the hours around so we can get the most people watching live uh, as possible. <laughs> when are the dogs appearing on the show? Uh, they're all laying down right there. I can actually move the camera if you want to. I bet you I can show you. Hold on. Let me see in the office. Okay. There's Katniss. She hangs out there. And then there's, there's DC. <clears throat> Both Belgian Malinois. That's where they hang out. So if you see me tipping over, that's usually because they're uh, at my feet. Uh, and you can imagine the excitement that goes on when they hear someone at the door and decide that they need to run and investigate. So. <laughs> and there's Ted. Sweet. Ted, we started Hello. without you. <laughs> uh -oh. I wasn't sure if you wanted to come. I, I changed the time without no, notifying you, so I didn't want to just like assume you're going to be here. <laughs> so we're live on the air. We are. Nice. Hello, everyone. So where are we? Uh, I just started. I was just showing off the dogs. So. The famous dogs that bark as soon as we start. But the pool guy's already been here, and I don't think we have anything. We're not expecting anything from the mailman, so it should be all right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, how's things in uh, in Tedland? Oh, uh, you know, it's all right. Keep getting complications from my fall in London, so dealing with that. Oh, really? What's going on now? Oh, I uh, injured a disc in my spine. So awesome. Yeah, the well, arm's awesome. better. <laughs> well, can you type now at least? Yeah, I can type. I just can't sit for very long. Oh, I see. That sucks. You have a yeah. standing desk by any chance? I might have to get one. So yeah. I got one of the very desks. You go, the, you just grab the handles and go up and down with it. Um, yeah, yeah. And then I bought like a, it's a stool, um, 
I bought one of those so that if I want to stand up for long periods, I can just lean back on the stool and it'll catch me. So technically I'm still up, but I'm not, you know, and I'm not holding all this fat body in this on these two feet. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the route I'm probably gonna go soon. Yeah, I think you'll like it anyway. You got, I get a little bit more productive when I'm standing up. And I do the shows technically I do the shows mostly standing up because I think I talk clearer. Uh, and then when I'm sitting down, I just end up getting hunched over and you know how that goes. So we'll see. Let's go. I want to get started. We got the, uh, like I said, I have, oh, come on. Uh, later. I don't know if this is going to let me do it. Hold on. I think I just got screwed by Zoom. Yeah, I got to restart Zoom. Don't sign off, Ted. And I'm going to use the link and come right back. Okay. And I'll explain in a second. <laughs> I just got chat pulled up. Does anybody want me to announce anything? Anybody promoting any special services or products? I see Lee's in chat. Leon's there as usual. Kyle Arnold. Carolyn's here. Let's see. So nobody has anything they want me to share now that I have total control of Clint's channel. I guess not. So I guess I'll tell you about SEO Fight Club tomorrow. Uh, Kyle Roof is putting together the content. Uh, let me know, Dorian, what should I shout out? Um, Oh, Clint is back. <laughs> Too late, guys. You got to be faster than that. I love Zoom. <laughs> I love that, this, that if one of us had a problem, it doesn't matter. Zoom is still going to run. It's still going to take care of everything. It doesn't totally destroy the show, um, which is awesome. So if I had done what I was originally yeah. going to do, I'd have been screwed. <laughs> so what the hell was that all about? Uh, if you haven't updated yet mac catalina i the mac os catalina is out and they've changed the uh security functions of it and kind of tightened everything up the downside is every new thing that you turn on you got to authorize permissions and all that madness so share screen functions for example for zoom i had to authorize and then it makes you restart the app after you authorize which is you know a pain so um but I'm getting used to it and it's running really well on my older Mac. So, which is good. It didn't slow anything down, which is typically what you see. If you go from like a, a later windows to a newer windows, it slows things down more. Uh, I didn't have that issue in this, during this round, uh, the last update for OS update I did. So, so let me try that again. Did I miss any cool? Did you get away anything while I was gone? No, no, it's uh, really difficult getting people to, to share ideas so <laughs> next time audience when clint goes out let me know what you want me to promote and i'll start <laughs> but you got to be quick because clint comes back quickly the good thing is there's that delay so it saved me that a little bit 
So here we go. SEO this week, episode 138. Again, I'm looking at a lot of tools this time, and we're looking at some analysis and some link building strategy uh, posts that were put out, um, which are pretty good. Without further ado, since it's already five minutes past the hour, uh, the first one is on Search Engine Journal. As Bing web crawler goes evergreen and improves JavaScript crawling. If you don't know, the Bing bot is actually now on Chromium which is a good thing. I think everyone's kind of standard now other than uh, Firefox. I'm not sure, Ted, do you know if Firefox is running on Chromium? I don't think it is. I think they have their own thing. I don't, I don't think it is. It was kind of an oddball for a while there. Yeah. Um, so what does it mean that Bing's web crawler goes evergreen? Oh, I think it, I think it kind of, to me, this is my, my interpretation of this because this is kind of the nerdy Ted side is that if it's already it kind of matches in with how google is seeing it so if you're optimizing for google and then praying for bing you have a higher chance of actually Bing being able to read that entire page um i guess before with the older chromebot google bots there wasn't reading a lot of the javascript and there's java sites uh, angular js for example um that weren't being read and now they are and then bing is just kind of catching up with their browser um which i think is a good thing for everybody uh, no i could be completely yeah. wrong from from a nerd speak <laughs> what the hell well, is that? I, <laughs> I, I think they're kind of using the wrong word there in the title so it's a weird you know editorial choice for a word i don't yeah. think it means what they think it means I think what that my guess is that evergreen cart came out of remember when you were talking about how chromium is going to be updated more often and the Google bot will be updated more often yeah um, to keep it more consistent with Chrome I guess is the idea behind that if I'm mistaken so when they adopted chromium now they're always updated more often which is kind of on a piggyback if as it were yeah, that's kind of the opposite of, of how evergreen is used. Like when you create <laughs> evergreen content, you write it once and it's good forever. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> evergreen web crawler would be you build it once and it works forever. It you works know? forever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of the wrong word because it's not actually evergreen if it's constantly changing and being updated. Well, we'll beat up Matt Southern on, on, uh, Twitter. So. Yeah, yeah, it's just a weird time. <laughs> we got any social warriors, social justice warriors, go beat up Matt Southern on Twitter. That'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, quit reinventing lingo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see the next one. Stencil. It's uh, getstencil.com top Twitter strategies to grow your business in 2020. I'm not sure if I covered this or not. It was still left in my queue. Uh, I don't think I did because it's from October 9th. I think I got it on that day, but We'll see. If I didn't, well, whatever. Anyways, uh, some of the things Twitter polls show up on video. Video is actually doing pretty well on Twitter. Uh, so I would check that out and just make yourself, you know, uh, little small ones. Obviously, there's a cap two minutes and 30 seconds. So you can, if you're doing YouTube ads, uh, you can actually A-B test them on Twitter, find out which ones get the most engagement and stuff, and then pay for the ads on the YouTube uh, if you want to go that route. Uh, there is the, fan, the ever always go find the right influencers and you can use tools like BudSumo. Not really have a whole lot of luck with that because I, honestly, I'm running a business. I'm running two. Uh, so uh, going on Twitter and engaging with people over and over and over again in hopes that one day they're going to like me and they're going to really, really like me and link to my stuff is 
uh, a, a little bit um, out there. But, you know, you can get some people sharing and stuff, which is great. I get people that are consistently sharing SEO this week on Facebook and Twitter and sometimes even on the LinkedIn. So um, it's always good to, you know, at least get out there and be known to some people. Uh, use Twitter to answer questions. Yeah, that's okay. I, it, you know, there's only so much you can do in what is it, 140 characters now, 230 or some craziness if you're lucky. Um, but if you're doing a lot of, you find a lot of questions on there and then you turn that into content or a crazy FAQ page or something like that, that's a good opportunity to leverage Twitter to do that. And I think the number one way is to optimize your Twitter color cover photo uh, and just rank your Twitter profile. Uh, and that's a good way to get your brand out there and to establish the entity as well. If you guys are into doing that, which you should be. Uh, so this is a great post to check it out. Some cool, cool ideas. Uh, Twitter chats. I didn't even know they had a Twitter chat and the concept is, it was a little foreign to me at first. And I was like, what is, what is this like a new service or something like that? But basically it's just creating a hashtag and then going out and having someone moderate their questions and then you answer via the moderations. Um, there's a, who is it? Um, I think SEM Rush used to do those weekly. I'm, I'm sure there's still a couple of them out there that are weekly kind of tw- or SEO chat kind of things. So well, uh, check out how those things are done. And, and um, that's actually pretty cool and good way to engage and get you know, new ideas and stuff too. Go ahead, yeah. Ted. Uh, the larger SEO conferences do that, where they create a, uh, a hashtag for the, the whole conference and then a hashtag for, you know, each speaker. And you can go into that and share uh, comments and stuff while the presentations are going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think what is a famous one is that MozCon does that. I'm not sure if PubCon did it. I know there were some tweets from PubCon because I have a SEO list I built in Twitter, but. Uh, I'm not sure if they do that Twitter chats thing, but that's also a good idea. Or, you know, SEO this week, for example, or Fight Club. That would be a good opportunity to create a Twitter chat around that one. Yeah. And if you were uh, uh, really awesome at the video streaming, you could show on the sidebar the live tweets as you're doing your show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chase Renier does that. Yeah, I don't know how he's doing it, but he's got a nice little set, set up. He's, he used it a couple times. And then I seen I saw I saw one today uh, from the um, a coffee company, and they had that sidebar with the Twitter and the social and the actual video in there, and that's pretty cool. So uh, maybe if you're cool with one, building one of those templates, you try that out. I can I oh. certainly got the white the the green screen part set up, so I can plug it in there easily. It's risky because anybody who wants to troll you could do it in real time. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I probably deserve trolls. At one point in time. The <laughs> uh, next is WPLift.com. And it's a, uh, it's a more of an announcement than an article. But if you're using WPML to translate your web pages uh, into other services or other languages, um, I'm sorry, I misspoke, but then a, they got an update in this string translation, which actually makes this plugin a lot faster. Uh, I'm a PageSpeed nut, and I actually did notice that WPML, when you turn it on, it does slow things down. Uh, and now they've kind of fixed that by 50%, which is excellent. Because uh, in my opinion, for users, every millisecond matters. Uh, and that's good. Hopefully, they actually figured out the quality stuff. But if you're not too, you know, 
nailed down in the quality and the nuances of different languages and stuff. Um, I would give this a try and fire it up on your website and just maybe attack another market. For example, SEOs go to Portugal or uh, Brazil, for example, um, and, and try out your luck on ranking a, a page in an international market on your website. So uh, this is a good opportunity to try that out. Plus, there's easy rankings over there on uh, in the foreign languages. There's not really a whole lot of people competing. Not to say there's no competition. Uh, it's just not as hard as it is in the U.S., U.K., or Australia, for example. Do you use uh, any um, plugins for uh, translation, Ted, or are you kind of buying and paying for someone actually manually do it, which ultimately uh, is better? But un unfortunately, as a software provider. Uh, the the Russians are constantly attacking my servers. So, <laughs> uh, you know, this morning between logins on the server, you know, probably a, an hour span of time, there were ninety six thousand failed attempts to uh, log into the server using root. <laughs> wow. So uh, yeah, I don't use anything that has zero day hacks anymore. So I just like low level HTML, good luck hacking that. <laughs> um, and uh, the page load times on static HTML files are awesome. So I totally win that battle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, I just can't, uh, can't afford to, to risk it. So, you know, if I had a blog, I wouldn't care. I'd set up WordPress, but running a software business that's being actively targeted, I have to be smarter than that. Yeah, that makes sense. I heard you are considering bringing Cora into the foreign language age, though. Um, um, is that out there as an option? Well, the problem is it's it's not just like translating the the text in the software. Like people tend to think, oh, that's all you have to do. The problem is, you know, what do you do when somebody emails you or calls you on the phone for support and they only speak Portuguese? Yeah. So how do you support <laughs> those customers? So really, I have to partner with people who want to sell my product, who speak the language, who can take over the support in that language so that we can still deliver quality support. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, so making simply making the software in different languages, that's kind of the easy part of the problem. <laughs> you mean you don't want to learn Portuguese? <laughs> well, is that, that what you're saying, Ted? You don't want to speak Portuguese? Every time you've got to speak another language. It's just to them all. You know what they call a person that only speaks one language? American. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, in the pre-show, this is where I was referencing to Pablo Rosales. I actually found him in uh, Stephen Kang's group, SEO Signals Lab. Is it? I'm pretty sure I said that right. Um, but basically, he's using JSON-LD to do some different functions in that. And one of the functions uh, Ted would appreciate is, let's see if it's here. No, nope, I didn't show it. Um, is getting the variations, the bolded out of the search results. Uh, so to use these, and and... Uh, there's a bunch more I'll show you just in a second. But to use these, all you do is right-click and click on Inspect. Go to Sources. Click on New Snippet, and then it'll open up a, a new box. And then you come in here, and you select all this madness. 
uh, and then you'll paste it inside of this thing right here. Uh, I'm not going to do that right now because I don't need that new one, but those are all in there. So the ones that he's made so far, he made this one at my request. It's two great Bing URLs. Uh, you can clean out the content, which basically strips all of the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, all, everything out of it. The only thing left is the text, uh, which is cool. Internal link status, um, JSON ID check, metadata, and stuff like that. And you can see here, these are blank because I just didn't push enter. I haven't used them yet. But um, to find all of them, click on Pablo's name inside of the GitHub. And you will see all the ones that he's done. Uh, really cool smart dude if he can code it already then you know why not leverage this stuff so that it's pretty uh, it's useful um and i think you'll find at least one or two things in here that you'll appreciate uh as just as shown the json lfd uh you can do the seo on page it'll tell you all of the tags and stuff that was really cool um this one will scrape all the people who also ask inside of a search result for you, which is really helpful, especially if you're doing Q&A stuff or Q&A videos. Uh, and then he's also made this uh, extension and you can pop that onto Ghost and it's just, you know, something different is to augment what you already have. Like I'm a SerpWorks, I, I use SerpWorks here for everything. Um, but this kind of adds on to it and just get another third party tool um, to go onto it. And as you see, it's updated just a couple of days ago. So he's actually maintaining this uh, and he's doing it all for free. So I would yeah. check all, all of those tools and then you can connect with him inside of the uh, SEO signals lab. Uh, and if you have an idea, maybe he can code it up for you. Um, again, I just asked him out of the blue if he'd make the big one for me and he did. So that was pretty cool. Well, the, uh, the next level you could go with this is to get a uh, introduction to creating Chrome browser plugins, because those are all written in HTML and JavaScript. Uh -huh. And then you can just basically make your own plugin and put all those in and have a menu and just pick them from your toolbar when you need them in the browser. For sure. I think that's what he was doing. He said, uh, he did a post where he was, because he learning or doing seo I, he came from a programmer background and he just started doing seo uh full-time and he just brought his background into it and he was making these tools and he was going to um be a software provider kind of like you but he decided he wanted to focus more on the seo side of actually doing seo versus providing software for it so um I think that's where that that extension was born and that was the idea but then he's like no nah, i don't want to deal with that so takes a special kind of guy to do software <laughs> well it's it's not easy like being a software provider is very different than being an seo because in providing software you're basically a customer service rep that's yeah. that's your career at that point and some people hate that like that's hell for some people right uh, let's see. This is Lumen Ad as a beginner's guide to programmatic advertising. If you, uh, this is all the platforms that are available for ad tech. If you're doing display ads, uh, I, I'm sure everyone has seen this at one point or another, and you're like, "All right, that's cool," but what the hell does it all mean? Um, and this is essentially a glossary to kind of break down the different stuff. Or things or that are available and the actual levels that go along with uh, doing display ads. 
which do work. They and they're they're working a lot better. Obviously, banner blindness kicks in at some point in time, and you have to kind of deal with that issue. But there's plenty of um, traffic sources using display ads that you need to be at least aware of when you're providing an SEO as a service. You know, let's say you got a 10k a month client and you need to provide them stuff now. You drop in their stuff to to an ad network while you're building up on the SEO side. Uh, you're still delivering. You're not using SEO, but they don't really necessarily need to know that you're advertising for them. You're helping them retain their goals. So um, this is a good opportunity to learn some of the different things. Uh, typically, uh, us as peons are going to get stuck right around here in the publisher side. Um, but as you grow and you get a lot more, uh, you can just kind of work your way up the ladder. Again, this is a great explainer post into that world. Um, I don't know too many people that actually sell courses or stuff uh, that are doing this. There were some people, but uh, again, they all pretty much stay right around this, this section right here. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Uh, Q&A with Gary Isles, PubCon in Vegas. I got some mixed reviews from PubCon actually this year. Uh, a lot of people... Um, that are in my circle they didn't really get anything out of pubcon they find it kind of you know mainstream whereas you listen to an enterprise seo um, who's got a brand and content marketing is the, is the way to be but you know and don't really have to promote and you don't have to work that hard at ranking because you're pushing the ranking power out of your brand um so I got a lot of complaints concerning that about this, but this was a Q&A that was put on uh, there with Gary Isles and there's some cool information in here. Um, there was one I wanted to point out. Uh, here, there is no eternal eat score or your money or your life score. The Raiders are for Raiders. And then he says down here when addressing um, eat see it you know find it it's pretty good thing knowledge graph here you go uh leaning towards the target is there specifically i had this highlighted earlier and i lost it uh there you go. So when he's talking, uh, I don't know if you remember in SEO Fight Club where Kyle was talking about the medic update and doing resources and, and references to your content, kind of to establish the, uh, um, I want to say the authority of it, but I guess it's just kind of the way we're at to go or establish the um, truthfulness or the validity of your, your argument and you back it up with resources. Uh, and Gary says right here, Pretty specifically, you sure as hell better have a resource with that extensive information. Now, if you were at the uh, SEO Rockstars of the VIP day, you know where I'm going with this. I can't give that out because it was the VIP day. Um, but sure as this, suffice it to say is if you're going to cite someone and you're going to say something, especially if you're in the health niche, uh, look at uh, annotating where that information came from and, and make sure that it's tested. So. Uh, he also was clear to point out that there's not like this one algorithm that says, um, and there's been some follow on stories today about this as well, but there's not one algorithm that says this page is correct versus this one is not. Um, they're using 
tiny algorithms within the, the scope of the whole to look for certain specific things and then they put it all together and that's how they're kind of saying whether something is real or not uh, which i found fascinating especially uh from our perspective and especially if you're wearing a black hat is how do you or even a white hat how do you game that uh which is pretty good uh let's see and yeah there's some other stuff in here i think you'll appreciate that um but it kind of to me if you're on the eat side where you think it's a thing um it kind of this is throwing a monkey wrench in, in the guy from google saying hey the eat technically doesn't exist um, but there's all these common things that are combined together inside these little algorithms combined together where you could say eat is there so um, he's validating that the concept is good but maybe our understanding is not right uh, on the line with that so I'm, I'm not sure how we you know go about you know proving or disproving or if we even want to uh, at this point but um, that one nugget right there for the uh, references was was pretty cool and spot on for me in, in my in my view especially if you're doing um, outbound external links to authority sites there's a validation there that says that's a good idea what do you think on that Ted? well i think uh, uh i i think there's such a history of past problems with information coming out of google i suspect that most of that is bs until it's verified with testing and i know that some of the stuff that was in there uh, was conflicting other things said out of Google, like within the past month. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, by the time you reconcile all of it, you know, who really knows if this is, if this was the moment they finally came clean, <laughs> just more of the half truths and implausible deniability. I wonder if they, if, I won't say I wonder, I kind of know, because I visited the Seattle offices and they specifically keep the search teams away from everyone else. I wonder if that's the same with their public voices, Gary, Danny, and John. Are they specifically, each one of them gets a different nugget. And then they are left to their own devices to determine how they want to uh, voice that opinion on that nugget. You know what I mean? And that causes the, the riff between the spokespeople. Well, but they have they have totally opposing views a lot of the time. Right. You know, Danny Sullivan said they can't, you know, quantify the accuracy of, of content. And uh, in that uh, PubCon uh, talk, Gary said that he considers that a ranking factor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, those things are in opposition. So, like. I wonder if from Gary, from Danny's perspective, we can't do it, but from Gary's perspective, we have a little bot that is looking for references in this case. Um, and if we don't see those references, then that's graded on a lower scale than one where they're citing sources. Yeah. But I mean, there's been plenty of times where, you know, Gary has said something that was, you know, just incorrect with what we can measure in the field. Yeah. The same was true with Matt Cutts, you know, John Mueller has a lot of those. So until we test some of these claims, you know, I, I choose to remain skeptical. <laughs> it's 
Ted's middle name, Skeptical Ted. <laughs> All right, this one is uh, from Cognitive SEO. There's a lot of guys and gals that recommend them, uh, in particular for their content editor. They're saying uh, Jordan Pierce, for example, one that comes right off the mind. He's saying use the content editor here and match that with uh, Page Optimizer Pro. I was using ClearScope. That's $300 a month. We weren't using enough to get a or $300 worth out of it. So uh, we're probably going to jump down to cognitive. And I also have uh, Surfer SEO. So those would be too good. And it would be a good uh, test exact, actually, to put those head to head and see which ones rank better. But uh, this post will walk you through some of the uh, the concepts behind um, why this tool works and why it's valuable. I appreciated the most of this section right here where it was talking about the different types of keywords, informational, navigational, and transactional. I don't know of any tool that actually helps you determine that. Um, obviously, common sense, et cetera, will dictate it. But if there's a tool that kind of helps you from the perspective, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting uh, to me. And then they talked about the marketing funnel and where those keywords come in, et cetera. Uh, so and check this post out again. Uh, I have not used the tool yet. I will use the tool and I'll probably do a um, comparison with Surfer SEO uh, since they have something similar into here. Um, and then uh, we'll also try it out with uh, bounced off of the recommendations that you get here and how they work in conjunction with Page Optimizer Pro and Cora, for example. Uh, and Surfer SEOs on page optimization tools to see which one you know gives you the most bang for your buck. Uh, I think that would be definitely be helpful. Uh, bias aside, I'm, uh, hopefully Cora wins, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to go where the data leads you. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you know, I'm a lazy SEO, so if I can get away with not doing everything Cora tells me to rank, then I'm going to do it. <laughs> All right, uh, some 14 link building strategies professionals choose to use in 2019. Um, I think you'll see a lot of the uh, the same old, same olds in here, guest posting, uh, resource links, and links pages. Not enough people are actually using these. There's plenty of people out there that are making these kind of resource lists and stuff. And if uh, there's one on your topic or one uh, for your clients and you need to get them on as many of these as you can. It doesn't take much. All you need is a cold email saying, Hey, I found this resource list. Thank you very much for, uh, appreciate it. Here's one more place that, um, you know, I think you might, uh, your readers might enjoy, could you please add it to the list? And it's yes or no. Um, you know, you know, they can't tell you no if you don't ask. So, uh, I would leverage this as much as you can. And then, um, public release and content submission, you know, PR stuff. Um, those are really good still. Um, and I think you should be leveraging the, those more. And one here is forum and blog comments. I actually found that pretty interesting considering that uh, most people that I know that are talking to people and telling them link building strategies all say go away from this. And then a survey actually turns around and says you should be doing it. Uh, which is uh, really interesting to me. Uh, I've always done and continue to do both of these. Uh, as link building methods, I just stopped, you know, firing off the mass ones and do the more targeted. And you honestly, you get a bigger bang for your buck. Um, but you can still do mass, and, and they do work. Uh, you just got to be a little bit more selective than how what mass is to you. So I would check that out. Ted, do you see anything uh, groundbreaking on here that you think is underused? Um, 
Well, I think uh, directories is another one that mainstream SEO is shying away from, uh, except for local. They definitely like them for their industry directory oh, citations. Yeah. What do you uh, think of the argument that some people, oh, citations don't help in rankings? Um, if it's a good citation, if it's a structured citation, it's a link, right? So if a link, how does a link not help in rankings? That would be the counter argument. Where, where do you stand on it? Well, I, I tend to say a link is a link and it's hard enough to get a link these days that are we really going to say no? Yeah. You know, so it, it would have to be a really garbagey link for me to want to say no. Yeah. Um, I, got a link for, I got a link for you. You can buy it for $55 a month. <laughs> well, I don't want to do that either. I don't, think, I don't think you should be paying big bucks for links because there's no guarantee that they'll last, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think monthly and on that topic, I think monthly link building, link buying is for suckers anyway. So uh, if your provider says, Hey, I want to sell you links, but they're on a monthly basis, then just go find another provider. Alrighty, um, so that's good. So go check out that. Maybe there's something in there. Check out the uh, the forum in the blog comment section. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by that. They analyzed, or Brian Deans came out with another decent sized piece of content here. As they say, they analyzed 5.2 million desktop and mobile pages, and this is what they learned about PageBeat, uh, which is actually pretty interesting. Some highlights to me is a um, that they're saying uh, this one here, GitHub is faster than SiteGround, which is interesting, and Wix, um, which is interesting because, you know, what type of website were they building on GitHub? Uh, was a SiteGround account shared or was it managed WordPress hosting? Was it a dedicated server? Uh, was it a cloud hosting? Um, all those questions were not addressed inside of this. Uh, CDN was correlated with the worst page performance interesting also um based off of what they looked at and then where's the other one squarespace and weebly have the best overall page speed performance on mobile and wix and wordpress ranked at the bottom um again that's the same thing what kind of hosting was it on was it a cheap old five dollar host gator shared hosting plan was it a um where those WordPress sites hosted on WP Engine, which this uh, says that is one of the better hosts to have is WP Engine. So um, a lot of this information is left out. And where were these five to five point two million pages? How did they decide which you know? So they didn't skew from one host to another or one factor from another. How was all that data looked at? Uh, and I didn't see in here. And maybe someone can tell me uh, if it was here. Now, that said, I could bag on this all day long, can, but this is actually a really good way to, you know, document your testing uh, in, uh, in a way for your users. You can turn your tests, if you're doing them, into content for everyone else, and you see all the visualizations and stuff. Uh, this is really good to put all that information out here. The only caveat I would say is if you're going to claim you have 5.6 million, then you should be able to, or 5.2 million, you should also be able to just hand over your data sets and say, see if you come up with the same conclusions or where are the holes in my testing thing. Um, so if you're looking for something like that, uh, you, uh, um, I, would, I would look at the way this was done and try to figure out a better model for it. I challenge you, Lee, to do that. 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if Lee can handle it, but I challenge Lee to do that. Uh, come up with a better model for this. We've got Lee testing more important things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, but again, this is really cool. I like this. So check it out. Uh, and this is from Eric Lancheries. I'm sure I pronounced his last name out. Lancheries? Lancheries? How do you say it? Lancheries, I think. Uh, and his this is his look at the core update. He said the analysis of over 6 million pages, which is pretty interesting. Uh, again, I didn't see the full data set, like what are the pages that he's looking at, but he made some interesting conclusions here uh, on um, why he thought pages were recovering. And, uh, and he's the summarized Reader's Digest version of this is, it's links and anchor text uh, inside of the uh, that are bringing some of these pages back up or bringing them back down. So um, this is a really good read. It took me probably about 10 minutes to get through it. Uh, the um, Again, the main issue I have is if you're going to say 6.6 million, let's see your data set. You know, obviously, you had it enough to make this post, then you should be able to publish it and release it to everyone. Um, I didn't find it in here. But the concept behind that the anchor text could be the issue or driving factor in the rising and falls is the most interesting part to me because of I've done talks, I did it on Fight Club and I did it in presentations about anchor text analysis. I'm looking at it from market to market, keyword to keyword. Um, I'm not really deep into the health niche, so I can you know confirm or deny some of the philosophies behind this, but I, I find it really interesting you know, looking at the anchor text now and how much more important that is despite still today people are still you know suggesting one to two percent anchor text across the board and i've only seen one as doug cunningham he actually did a post in 2014 and he's the only one that i've actually seen that ever says this is not set in stone this is your guideline in order to make the correct decisions about your anchor text go to your market look at your niche, look at your exact keyword and see what everyone else is doing and then match or, you know, excel that. Uh, and he's the only one I've ever seen do that, that put out those kind of um, percentages. So I would check that out. Again, this is really well put together. His graphic skills are on, on point. Uh, I'm kind of jealous of his graphic skills. I'm going to step up my game. What's wrong with you, Ted? You're supposed to be challenging me more for these things. <laughs> oh, well, I, you know, I, I read through it and, you know, a lot of it seems plausible. Uh, you know, the things I've seen in the Google update are a little bit different. There is some support for the anchor text uh, argument, uh, but there's a, a lot of significant changes to on-page and which factors are correlating there. Right. Um, and I don't want to spill the beans because we we might be talking about that tomorrow. We might be talking about it next week. Yeah. Uh, it, and there's some definite things that we know about this uh, latest deployment that Google has done uh, because we could see it in the source code of the search engine result pages. And so there's no contesting that Google made a change when you can see it with your own eyes. So we want to talk about that too. 
which is interesting i think this would be a good homework for that episode because a lot of his he's saying that with the data that he saw he didn't see much in the on-page changes that's all that while you were talking that's what i was going through is the on-page section i, I think you remember where he's saying that not much of anything has changed um there was maybe one or two things that he said there was a change in um which was the ad thing, I, I believe, saying that the more ads you had, now it hurt you more. So, uh, but the rest of his his data, again, we don't have it, but the rest of his data, as he's presenting it, says that there was no change in the uh, on-page factors. It was all the anchor text and the links. So, yeah, that that I disagree with. Yeah. Uh, I I definitely saw changes in on-page and in some startling areas. Right. And so it looks like you know there are some legacy you know fringe seo tactics that google might be cleaning up sure. so yeah saw saw some of that just plummet in the uh correlations in the correlations but you've been when you're talking in that you're you've been running those leaderboards right so that's what you're talking about you see the leaderboards and those yeah. are going through and this is the things that are bouncing around and stuff well, yeah, yeah. So I, I see the shared data from, uh, you know, many, many tens of thousands of, of shared core reports. And then I'm also spot checking against like my actual calibration keywords. And, you know, when those things are in agreement uh, about what the changes were, I start to, to get more confidence in them. And then there's the stuff that Google physically changes in the source code of the website. And those are just undeniable. Like mm -hmm. those are witnessed phenomenon. You know, they made a change. You can look at the change. And uh, so, yeah, some, there are some things we know with certainty. And then there are some things that we strongly suspect based on the data. Yeah. Very interesting. All right, folks, that is it. That's the last of the stories. Um, let me check for questions. I didn't see any as we we're going through here. Pablo's in the house. Uh, again, while you're here, Pablo Rosales, like, thank you very much for creating those scripts and stuff. It kind of makes life easier. Uh, if you, I showed you how to use them, get into SEO Signals Lab if you want to see Pablo's videos. Uh, but really, what I showed you is that's technically that's really all there is to it so they're pretty easy to implement uh so check those out um, i think that's it there's no other questions if you guys have any other questions i appreciate dropping them in now oh leon had one on clean keyword density versus raw so uh if you're unfamiliar with those terms uh raw keyword density is the most inclusive so you don't exclude any part of the page when you're counting words and matches so you would include word count and uh, keyword matches from within the html within the javascript within the head block within the title and lots of people calculate keyword density differently and they may not include uh, you know, CSS class names, they may not include the image alt text and the keyword density calculations. So there's literally millions of different ways to calculate keyword density. And uh, raw is the most uh, optimistic, inclusive way to calculate it. And clean is the most exclusive way where you're stripping everything out first before counting words. 
And most people, when they say keyword density, they're thinking closer to the clean end of the spectrum. So usually when, when people say never ever go past 4%, that 4% is somewhere close to the clean side. Mm. Um, raw is, uh, it's interesting. What gets more interesting is when you compare uh, the clean, uh, the uh, clean word count with the raw match count, and that is like the most aggressive way you can calculate keyword density. And what that number tends to show you is who's doing the most uh, keyword stuffing shenanigans. So you can instantly spot the people with the highest calculations there are doing the most tricks. Interesting. Uh, let's see, Carl Arnold, indexing S3 buckets, any tips? Uh, so I'm testing some stuff out. I use Coinkery all the time. That's not an indexer, it's a crawler. Um, I use index inject for now still. Um, and then I also am testing, uh, Peter Drew's got a tool where it puts links onto Google sites. And then he's got a whole bunch of them there. Like all those customers are all interlinked together. Uh, and that's uh, supposed to be helpful uh, with indexing as well. So I would try out those methods. Uh, and then there's a couple that I keep in my back pocket that I'm not going to tell you. But um, yeah, try those ones for right off. Colink for me is the best. This is crawling. Uh, Google's going to give it credit if you have really good content on it anyway. it's uh, And when I say really good is formatted properly, it doesn't necessarily have to be like the best article or anything but just formatted properly um, then it will get indexed naturally on its own with just co-linkering you don't need a whole lot of work to do it and then index inject is just a kind of a backup thing for me so that's a good opportunity to try those out and i think that's it no more questions so ted thank you very much appreciate you um coming on obviously you already alluded to the possible topic tomorrow I think Kyle's got another one too. So we'll see which one uh, these two win <laughs> the, uh, well, the poll on who makes the most slides. <laughs> Kyle's, Kyle's going to win the topic battle. So if he, uh, if he has room to spare, I'll throw in an update about the, uh, oh, there's my daughter, Bianca. <laughs> uh, I'll throw in an update about the Google algorithm. Uh, but if Kyle doesn't have room, then we'll talk about the algorithm.